0: Welcome to Breaking Geek, the Breaking Bad podcast from Geek Girl Soup. We're recording every Tuesday night. We welcome your comments via email, geekgirlsoup at gmail.com, voicemail 503-447-6871, or in the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash geekgirlsoup. I'm Susan, and Amelia's not here tonight, but I'm here with...
1: Chris. Kelly. Scott.
0: And we are doing a True Blood, uh, podcast this week, the season six, uh, the season six review with uh, Kelly and I are doing that with a couple of special guests from, uh, Danielle from Nattercast and Michaela from the Chatterbox podcast. Um, and you can send in your, your comments on True Blood season six, and we will, uh, put them in the, in the podcast okay now let's get to uh tonight's show it is season five episode 12 rabid dog It's written and directed by sam catlin
1: hey, just real quick this was yeah. catlin's first um directing job wasn't it
0: it was
1: like ever not yeah. just a breaking bad of anything
0: of anything yeah yeah he he's been a writer on the show i think since season two and so this was his first time to direct. And I think he did a pretty good job. Yeah. Wow. And also his wife played um, Skyler's divorce attorney. Uh, back oh. Season two.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. That's mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm.
0: And from the, uh, the insider podcast, they said that this was one of the toughest episodes to write. Um, they said it took them about five weeks <laughs> to, uh, Uh, to break the story and I asked Scott about this and I think they use the term breaking the story a little different from most other shows
2: right usually when people refer to breaking an episode they're talking about at the post writing when you're trying to figure out all the different locations what kind of props you need what people you'll need to work in different scenes and whatever but when they talk about it on Breaking Bad, and probably other shows as well, I'm sure they're not the only one, they're literally talking about scene by scene, plot plot point by plot point, filling up each act until, and they do it on note cards, and they basically fill up a really large bulletin board until, you know, and there's also pieces of dialogue, sprinkled through because the entire writing staff works on that episode.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: then once they get the whole thing nailed down from scene one to scene whatever, Forty-two or forty-five, well, however many scenes the story has, then the writer will take that and start to shape it more with the writer's assistant. I think that's what their process is on that show. Yeah,
0: yeah. So there was uh, in the Insider podcast a long discussion about about the writing process, and it, it was really interesting. Go listen to it if um, if you're interested. Um, and so it's the episode starts with Walt arriving at the house. Uh, He sees the the car out there, he knows Jesse's in there, something's up, so he sneaks around. He likes jumping over that fence, uh, like he did, was it season three, where he jumped over the fence and snuck in the house? You know, I I just had a lot of questions, like, why is the back door unlocked? (laughs) Why is the back door always unlocked? Um, Why is it that nobody has... Come outside. None of the neighbors have come outside to see what happened. You know, maybe then, they're
1: all at daycare. <laughs>
0: right, they're all, they're all at daycare. Uh, uh, <laughs> there you go. Wow, <laughs> that
2: didn't take long.
1: <laughs> Kick the baby. So residual <laughs> migraine medication from this morning. Yeah. Oh no.
2: <laughs> I, I assume it's more of a suburban phenomena that people like will leave their back doors open like that because. That that wouldn't fly here in New York City, I can tell you that.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> but you're right, it is curious that nobody would be outside. I mean I, I- Maybe they're all at work or, you know, but Carol was home last time and, or not last time, but, you know, first episode. So
2: She's probably shopping for oranges.
1: There you go. (laughs) She knows ahead of time she's going to need them. How
0: about the neighbor on the other side, Becky? She's
1: just old. She
0: was home. Right. So she should be home in the middle of the day. (laughs) Or yeah. early in the morning or whatever, looking up in their front windows. That's what my grandmother used to do.
1: <laughs> so. But true. But of course, like whenever people get caught for being serial killers or um, holding women in their houses for like 15 years, then what the neighbors always end up saying is that, oh, he was always so nice and polite, really quiet. I never suspected anything. So this is uh, keeping in line with that trend, I guess. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just,
2: you just spoiled the finale. Way to go.
1: Sorry.
0: <laughs> and then, of course, the, the big question, where's Jesse? And, of course, we find out later, but, you know. but And then we come back from commercial, and the cleaners are, are there trying to Walt's trying to get the house looking like nothing ever happened by the time that uh, Walt Jr. and Skylar and the baby come home. And that's not going to happen. So there, it, there's just too much. And also uh, Huell came to get uh, Saul's car. Kubi's at the car wash making sure that Jesse doesn't show up there and do something.
2: And Walt also wants him to check on Junior at school to make sure he's safe.
0: Yes, yes. And he also, he leaves a voicemail for Jesse, I guess, trying trying to calm him down, you know. Tell him to, you know, uh, thanks for not burning down my house. Now, you know, go sleep it off. I guess he, he noticed, okay, when he went into uh, Saul's car to turn off the ignition, he noticed there was a CD or DVD that had some meth on it or something that Jesse had had snorted before he went in the house. So, and I think, I think that's going to come up again. Some people were saying, eh, it doesn't matter. It matters that, that CD. I think, I think we'll see that again. I don't know. I think we will. (laughs) I mean, was it, um, was it Saul's copy of the confession? I don't know. Was it, I don't know. Or was it just some random music CD that Saul had in his car? I don't know.
2: It, it does make me wonder what kind of music Saul listens to. So there's that.
0: Yeah. But <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> we learned a lot about Saul tonight. did. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. And when, when Skylar came home, This was the first time I noticed that she had a new car, but apparently she got the new car back in uh, gliding overall. So I guess in part of that that time lapse there. So, but yeah, she's had the new car for a while. Anyway, so uh, he's telling this story about a malfunctioning gas pump. Junior says, "Uh, Dad, that's bullshit. (laughs) What's the real story? (laughs) So... Uh, he made up another story about feeling a little dizzy or fainting or whatever at the at the gas pump and that's that's how it happened so
1: i i liked that junior called him out on lying because obviously skylar knew i mean she could tell yeah. immediately mm-hmm. um, but i i really liked that it was junior who called it out on him now of course junior called him out on hiding a uh, an effect of the cancer um just I man, I, I feel like it's um that's gonna make it even harder on us, the audience, when presuming, I, I am expecting that Junior will find out the truth or at least part of the truth and will be so devastated. And and so it'll be even more devastating because he can tell his dad's lying, but he thinks that he's lying to protect him, the the yeah. kid, Junior. Mm-hmm.
2: Y- yeah, that, that's what really made that moment really kind of heartbreaking. It's like, oh, you poor kid, you just don't know. Yeah. And I I also kind of feel bad for Skylar in that scene, because she, obviously she knows he's lying, but now she's not, she's complicit in his lying to his son, yeah. and using the cancer as well, just like, oh. The whole thing was really unseemly.
3: Yeah. I had the feeling that both Skylar and Junior shared a unknowing look Mm-hmm. Uh, as though they both knew that what he was saying wasn't adding up. And mm-hmm. so when Junior spoke out, it was kind of with Skylar's blessing at that moment.
1: Yeah, True. Yeah, they, she did look, I uh, remember the, like, the camera angle, not angle, but the shot was on her looking over at Junior. Then we saw him, and, and you're right, then he spoke up. So it was like he was speaking for both of them. Yeah, that sounds about right to me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, of course, he suggests, well, uh, Hank and Marie—they—they've got plenty of extra room. <laughs> so, how about a hotel? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, they make it fun. Go to a go to a hotel, and I tell you, that was a pretty nice hotel. Yeah. Oh,
2: can I interrupt for one moment to say we? So we had another tidy whitey sighting for. Oh God! Oh, yeah. yes, like, yet again. <laughs> It's, I, I, if I ever do a rewatch of this show, that's going to be one of my many drinking games involved. This
1: <laughs> but I think, you know, this one was such a close up compared to the others. I think you'd have to drink twice.
2: Oh, I would drink twice regardless.
1: <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Gratuitous, tidy, whitey thing.
0: Yeah. So. Uh, he he meets. Walt meets with Saul in the in the parking lot there, and Saul had some of my favorite lines of the night, starting with, "I never should have let my do- dojo membership run out." That was my favorite. <laughs> one.
2: <laughs> that was
0: good. It's the best lines.
2: Oh, yeah. There's a lot of great lines in this scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, when when react, when Walt says to him, "Jesus, Jesse did that," it's like. I mean, yeah, but you got to understand, deep down, he loves me.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) I
2: couldn't believe that. Uh, So great.
0: Oh, and Badger and Skinny Pete, they're at it again with their (laughs) sci-fi. This time, uh, Babylon 5, a three-hour conversation.
2: (laughs) I thought that was great. So now they've covered Star Wars, Star Trek, and Babylon 5. So. If they get mentioned one more time in the series, it's got to be Battlestar Galactica then. I guess Mm -hmm. that's the only Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, so did y'all see people sharing on Facebook, I think yesterday, or maybe it was today, um, a still from Babylon 5 that featured Bryan Cranston? Oh,
0: that's right. He is in an episode. It was, the episode was called The Long Night, and he played Ranger Captain Erickson. Wow. Yeah.
2: Okay, did you look that up before, or do you actually remember that?
0: No, I, I looked it up, and it's okay. in my notes.
2: Okay, okay. <laughs> right. I was gonna go, wow, you need to be hanging out with Beaver. I mean, Badger. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he called him Beaver. That was amazing. <laughs> I think he did that before in a, in another season. He keeps calling him Beaver.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah Badger is a hard name to remember. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then Saul tells... Uh, Tells Walt the story of Old Yeller and uh, suggests Jesse be put down because he's a rabid dog now.
1: Oh, my God, we should have said Old Yeller spoilers at the beginning of this podcast. Because there are probably some people out there watching Breaking Bad who had no idea what Saul was talking about. Well, yeah, but. And now. If they've seen ruined. this
0: episode, then they've already been spoiled, so us talking about it again won't matter.
2: Also, I'm going to say a movie that's like 60 to 70 years old, I'm going to say the Statue of Limitations runs out as far as spoilers are concerned. So Rosebud! No, exactly. <laughs> But what I, the, what I loved about the old Yeller story is what Walt's response is to it. Because you go from the comic to the really scary, all in the space of like 20 seconds.
1: Mm-hmm. Then when he tell said, Saul again, don't float that yeah. idea
2: anymore. I just, love, I just love his voice going, and then leaning forward as well. Like, you're just full of colorful metaphors, aren't you, Saul? Belize, old Yeller. You're just brimming with advice. And then all of a sudden he gets the Heisenberg tone. Do not float that idea again. Find him. It's just oh Jesus Christ, so
0: awesome, <laughs> oh, <wow>. so awesome. <laughs> so yeah, so I mean, so Jesse is family too, just as much as Hank. Dot,
2: I would dot, say dot, even dot dot. <laughs> I would say even I would say possibly even more than Hank.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because he's like a like a son rather than. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Like or, or,
3: they'll go into the depths of it, and Hank is the one who actually gives that dissertation later yeah. on. In the episode.
1: That's true. Yeah. yeah, I love that. Yeah.
3: But I'd like to point out something way at the beginning of this. Okay. Um, one, of, one of the things we were positing was what was going to be the cold open, and in an effort to continually turn the tables on us, the show's cold open was a hot open. <laughs> <laughs>
1: nice I, I think I called hey. that last time
3: I think you did And we poo-pooed it Because you no they never do it. Yeah I, I most certainly did yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> they, they skipped forward Just a little bit but not much So Yeah not much at all yeah. But well, they do also flash minutes. back
2: yeah. Yes. Yeah, they 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 definitely uh, played around with the structure of time in this episode, which is not something they do outside of the flash forwards to the to you know several months later they've been doing. So, yeah. but I I love I love the fact that they did that because we keep talking about the show and expectations and it both fulfill it fulfills our expectations, but it also it, it makes you it satisfies you but also makes you wait. Mm-hmm. And they made us wait a
1: while mm-hmm. to find out what happened to Jesse? But we're not there yet. No,
0: no, we're almost there. We're almost no. there. We have Jesse's
1: o. also going to be schooling us on those expectations in after right. scenes. Oh, yeah. uh, there's
2: what another piece of awesomeness Susan needs to tell us about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the Skyler drinking game. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. She yeah, she's got those those little bottles lined up and she's drinking them all straight. <laughs> so um
1: but she got the baby to sleep first yes,
0: she's very responsible
1: yes mm. yes
2: fresh from daycare mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> they okay from okay, skipping back again to the insider podcast um they this room uh they built the hotel room on their set they oh. they didn't go to a real hotel room because there wouldn't have been enough space for them to film in it so
1: that's good to know though because I was gonna say earlier when you commented on it being a nice hotel I read stories after um, conf- the confessions episode that the Mexican restaurant was just booming in um, patrons after it aired yeah and of course everybody wanting the tableside guacamole. Um, and all over the country, orders of table sidewalk have gone up. <laughs> so I was going yeah. to say oh as soon as people find out what hotel that was, um, reservations are gonna skyrocket. but
0: yeah, I mean because that, that was uh, their swimming pool out there. Yeah. And apparently the, the place where they filmed, uh, you know, where they had Jesse in rehab, that, mm-hmm. that red yeah. dome place, that's like on the same property. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. So they had to make sure it wasn't in any of the shots. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um. But yeah, go there just for that beautiful swimming pool.
1: Yeah.
0: So. so. yeah, she she knows that Walt was out there talking to Saul. She spied on him, and she feels so so terrible about spying on him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> she feels just awful about it too. <laughs> I love. It.
0: So, you know, he he tries to lie again. So, um, in the hotel room, uh, Walt, again, tells about half the truth to to Skylar. Uh, Jesse did try to burn the house down, but he changed his mind, yeah. Uh, Jesse was mad about something that Walt did. Walt hasn't explained it to Jesse yet. Uh, but he did lie that Jesse has never hurt anyone.
1: Right. But that was nice too. And and you notice that when he made that lie, he, it was so different. He just said, yeah, no, or whatever he said. I don't Uh remember exactly what her question was. One word answer. And then he got up and commented on, I can't believe you got her to sleep so quickly or whatever.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. And uh, so Skylar asked, well what are you gonna do when Saul finds him? He's gonna talk to Jesse, make him see reason. It's like those are euphemisms, right? <laughs> no. And so um, she wants she wants Walt to kill Jesse. <laughs> and he's hoping that those are euphemisms and you know, he's just he just can't say it.
2: But what, no. what well, what's great about it is that they spend a lot of time tiptoeing around what she act what what the, what the issue actually is no one yeah. ever says it but it's pretty clear and so she just she is basically mrs Heisenberg in this scene
0: yeah
2: she, you know what's one more because she, she's clearly aware of all the stuff he's done before at least some of it you know it's all about self-preservation now
0: yeah and she knows that she's as much a part of it now, too, says for us, what's one more?
2: Right.
0: Yeah.
3: I think the us she's referring to is her family. Not her, specifically. She's oh. concerned about the family safety. And anything that could possibly threaten said family, she does not consider Jesse to be part of her family. Whereas right. Walt does. And yeah. in the scene, Walt isn't... You for, he seriously is saying I want to talk to him that is my plan and mm-hmm. she's saying that's not good enough
0: take care of it
3: <laughs> which she, he is willing to ignore mind you mm-hmm. this is where when people say he's all Heisenberg no Walt that's bullshit and this is yeah, an
0: example
2: of it yeah it's ridiculous when people say that
0: so, that was uh, act
2: one well the second act picks up we basically flash back we flash back to jesse um just before he's gonna bust into the the white house once again he's got Saul's car he's got the gas you know he, he breaks in smashy smashy splashy splashy and who's gonna be the person who stops him and as many people guessed especially people on this podcast except me um it turns out to be hank So there is a really tense and heartbreaking scene between Hank and Jesse where Hank's basically trying to talk Jesse down because Jesse is literally about to light the house on fire. He's got the lighter. He's got the rolled up uh, magazine. And at one point he he screams in anguish, you know, he can't keep getting away with it. He can't keep getting away with it. And Hank reassures him that he's not going to get away with it. You know, he just, you know. Put down the light or whatever. Next thing you know, know, so he he talks him down, and they leave. And almost comedic fashion, as their car pulls away, we then see down the block Walt's car appear, which was the beginning of Act 1. So Walt literally missed what happened by, like, 15 seconds. If he had gotten there just a little bit sooner, he would know exactly what was going on.
1: Back up just... Back up, yeah, those 15 seconds, though. Mm -hmm. What did Hank do in the car to Jesse?
2: The seatbelt?
1: Yes. Yeah. I know it's not necessary. So at that time, it was super sweet. And then... I I didn't pay as much attention the second time. And then I read some people on Facebook commenting on when they rewatched it, it didn't feel as sweet to them. Then it felt like he was protecting an asset. Right. But I still thought it was a really nice touch leaning over and doing the seatbelt like that.
2: You're absolutely right. And that, that was a really nice touch and it's made more sad later on uh, when we learn how Hank really views Jesse. Although, That, it's not really a surprise. I don't think Hank's opinion of Jesse would have changed, really.
3: Um, no, it just made our, our understanding of Hank a little more clear.
2: And we'll yeah. get to that, of course. Right, right. I'm sure we all have a lot to say about that. <laughs> uh, I, I know I do. Um, anyway, so after, after being seat belted in, and you're right, I did forget to mention that, um, Jesse does realize that Hank was following him. And that's when we are... Come to the realization that when Hank left the office, I was wrong again. He wasn't leaving just because he was sad and wanted to go drink one off. He was going to go take over the surveillance himself. So he did follow Jesse from Saul's office. So now he's going to take him down to the DEA. And Jesse, he doesn't exactly panic because at at this point he seems to just be slipping back rather morose state. But he clearly thinks if he's going to be a witness, and he's going to end up just like those ten guys in prison and Mike. Uh, We cut to Marie in her therapy session. And I believe this is the first time we've seen her actually in the therapy session with uh, Dave, the therapist.
0: Right.
2: And we find out that she can't sleep, she can't eat. All she's doing late at night is going online and researching untraceable poisons. Um, (laughs)
1: Yeah.
2: I was wondering if she was going to mention ricin during this scene. <laughs> she does. She does mention other poisons, but you got to think if she's if she's researching this, she must have come across ricin at some point. The I wonder if she
1: of- was mentioning ones that are easier to make. I didn't look any of them up. I don't want the NSA following me any more than they may already be doing. So um, <laughs> teasing, but um, ricin is really hard to make. Well, when I looked at so it... So I was just wondering, it, did anyone look it up?
2: I've looked up rice, and I, I didn't think it was all that hard to make. I, I, I'll give it a shot. Anyway.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jeez. Should I cut that part out?
2: <laughs> no. Look, the anthrax thing didn't work out so great, so I'm thinking... Anyway. So... <laughs> so during the scene, the therapist starts trying to prod her to really find out what it is she's talking about. Because she keeps making these vague references. Although, at a certain point, you kind of think the therapist should be able to figure out what she's talking about to a certain extent. At least who she's talking about. Because I imagine she's talked about her family members before in therapy. But, that's neither here nor there. By the, All we know by the end of the scene is the only thing that seems to comfort her is the thought
1: of poisoning Walt. Anyway, I like how she-, she said it sure is fun. Yeah. <laughs>
0: right. And And that statement there, then uh, Dave was not under any obligation to report this. <laughs> so I'm glad she said that.
2: <laughs> so when she returns home, she sees her set of, of course, purple luggage waiting for her near the door. And Hank is basically trying to shoo her out of the house, saying, oh, you need to go away for a few days because I'm working on the case. He does he lies worse than Walt in this scene because he clearly doesn't, he doesn't even have a prepared excuse here. And she she's not falling for it. So eventually he takes her over to the bedroom and we see Jesse is zonked out, probably from the drugs he did earlier and, and all the adrenaline and everything. And that's when it occurred to me at that moment, oh my God, Marie and Jesse, th- there's no reason these two have ever had a scene together. Right. So, which... I was so looking forward to. It now it's like Marie and Jesse. I I never thought I'd see that. So I thought that was gonna that was something I was looking forward to later in the episode. And
3: Hank gave Jesse sleeping pills.
2: Yeah. Right. Right. Thank yeah. you. But the best moment I think in this scene is as Hank is still trying to get her out of the house because there could be Dane. Whatever. When she says, "Just answer me this one question: Is this bad for Walt?" Yeah. Very good. I'm staying. I'll heat up lasagna. I just love
0: that. <laughs> mm-hmm. that Was
2: comedic gold just yes. she got her appetite back yes
0: yeah. <laughs> and i think kelly and i were, were talking about this too um when we were on the, on the call when it was on um that you know it it wouldn't look right if she just left all of a sudden on a spa vacation so that really is the best thing for her to stay there and act as if everything is normal
3: right it wouldn't look right for who?
0: Marie. Well, for...
1: Um... If Walt found out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, is
1: but any...
3: Walt's not going anywhere near the Schrader household.
1: No. no so how he... would do you
3: know? Kubi <laughs> well, and Hewell? Or... I mean, I think it's a little odd that nobody thought to check out the Schrader household for Jesse. Since they were obviously concerned, they, they assume that Hank is so straight-laced and on the up-and-up that he's going to follow the book. And if he had him, he would bring yeah. him to the DEA office. But they oh. never crossed their mind that he might be at his house.
2: Well, I th- I think what it is, it's not about Hank as far as what they're thinking is. They would never think that Jesse would turn snitch. The one thing Jesse has always been is loyal. is loyal. That's been... But Walt they're monitoring
3: spent. to see if he gets picked up because that was one of the things they were checking was whether or not the cops had him. Right. Well, they just right, but they just bailed him out. But they anyway. bailed him out, and he's in a state where he could do anything, so he could be anywhere, including the police.
2: All right. I'm just saying that's the one thinking the one thing they wouldn't think Jesse would do, which is what is kind of the point of the episode because that is the one thing Jesse does turn out to to do after all. The one thing Walt would not think he would do would be turn snitch, turn right. It's the one thing you don't do. And and, and with everything that they've gone through with Jesse, he's always remained loyal no matter what. That's been Walt's defense of him, that he's loyal, that he does what I say. So it it just doesn't enter his thinking. And it's a flaw. It's a blind spot. I'm not saying he's right for not thinking that, but it's his blind spot. He wouldn't think Jesse, especially because it's Hank, he wouldn't think Jesse would mm-hmm. turn traitor on him. So that's why they don't, go, they don't check out the Schrader house. They should, but that's why they don't. You know, he's not, Walt is not infallible, as we've seen time and time again. And by the end of that scene, we do see Hank listening to the message that Walt left for Jesse er- earlier on in the episode about wanting to fix this, wanting to talk things out.
0: And he knows that's that's the way to go because Walt cares for for Jesse. He cares about what happens to Jesse. So,
2: right. And this is and this go is go after him. This is this is the first time Hank is aware of that. Truly aware of it, I think. And then, you know, of course, he finds out more later on. Mm-hmm. Okay, Kel- Kelly. After uh,
1: three. Okay. Well, I just I didn't want to cut off conversation if it was still going on. Okay, so we returned from the commercial break and. We see the uh, the scene from the the still that was shared before about the um, about the episode with Walt sitting by a pool, and it was the hotel pool and um, junior comes down, and it is nighttime. this was you know this the same night, so it's probably pretty late. and um I thought at, at first during their conversation, Walt was acting his normal self, but I was sad because he's so distracted about what's going on. He tells Junior, you know, he's, he's thinking about business. And and so he, to me, feels really disconnected from Junior and, and you know, fairly aloof. Um, but the connection starts to, to get remade when Junior comments on his being sick, you know, on his the cancer being back, and questioning if, oh, so y'all may not buy the... Car wash, the other car wash, because of you know because you're still sick, blah blah blah, and you and it, like you see Walt softening a bit, or again that connection being remade there, and he says to Junior, you know you don't have to worry about that, I'm not going anywhere, or, or you're not gonna, le- I'm not gonna let you know lung tumor uh, stop me. After all this, uh, I I didn't write down the exact line, but it was good. And Junior then leans over and hugs him. And I think this is going to end up being a turning point for Walt um, concerning Jesse and concerning what what else he's willing to do to protect his this family, biological family. Because his face, he looked emotional when Junior was hugging him. Junior gets up to leave and go to bed And Walt's voice sounds teary when he says, I'll be up in a minute. Good night. We cut to Jesse waking up in Hank's house. And he is orienting himself and notices the photos on the dresser. And he picks up the one with Walt dressed as Santa Claus and (laughs) Skylar in red. I don't know if she was supposed to be an elf or not, but on his lap. And, um... I I thought it was interesting when, when Jesse comes out into the hall and um, runs into Marie, who offers some coffee, and I mean, she wasn't gushing over him or anything, but she was very cordial and polite and hospitable. So I thought it was interesting how Hank and Marie had taken in Walt's real kids, you know, a few seasons ago, and now they're taking in, or they have taken in, Walt's surrogate son. Mm-hmm. Uh, Other thing that I found awesome was when Jesse goes into the main room where Hank is, we also see Gomez. So clearly Hank filled Gomez in on all of this. And I'm okay with the fact that we didn't see that happen. Yeah. You know, I noticed it and I thought, oh, wow, so clearly he told Gomez. But they, they, you know, Gilligan, everyone else, they left that part out. Um, we didn't need to see Hank telling him, am I interested? Yes. You know, how did Gomez react? Um, what does he think about all of this as far as Hank's job is concerned? Does he believe Hank? Clearly, you know, now he does. Yeah. Um, anyway, okay, and then another little side thought I had about all this during this scene was um, I imagine Marie thinking, if not in these words, still something along these lines, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So she was, you know, she agreed to take in Jesse and was being hospitable and cordial to him because he is now Walt's enemy and she just wants to stick it to Walt. Mm -hmm. So during this scene, they of course are taking Jesse's confession on tape. Uh, Um, Before we get there, can I make
3: a comment about your uh, your Gomez observation? Yeah. I would... Hazard, uh, well, one, you're right, they didn't show it to us, and this allows us, the audience, to fill in that scene any way we see fit. And I'd just like to offer an alternative um, possibility. It's quite possible that uh, Hank called up Gomez, told him to come over, and let Jesse's story be the thing that filled him in on what was going on. Mm. Because Hank wasn't comfortable letting gomez know anything until he had something Mm -hmm. okay they are partners they've been partners for years but like this was something he had to play so close to the vest because of how personally involved he is but once he had something that his partner could evaluate on its own merits Mm-hmm. That's when he felt comfortable enough to bring Gomez into the equation and not necessarily spend time explaining himself, but let the, the let the situation play out as it is because afterwards well, we'll get to afterwards mm-hmm. We're still talking
1: it, true that that definitely is a possibility because I did think it was interesting that when we saw Gomez or especially when the camera is focused on him, the look he was giving Jesse was to me, like he was thinking Jesse's a bug, Um, you know, like an inconsequential worthless thing that can be squashed. Um, You know, he was looking at him with contempt and I guess if Gomez had known everything, like if Hank had come clean about everything, including the fake confessional tape, um, I, I feel like Gomez might have been a little bit more anxious, or looking. I, I, I don't know. I just think, yeah, I, there. I think that there's support for your your theory there on that. Um, okay, so all we see of Jesse's confession is the very beginning when he says how he met. Uh, Walter White, which was in Junior Chemistry, but I loved how he started out, as usual, saying, Mr. White, Walter White. He added that part, and it looked like he was having a hard time saying the name this time. Yeah. There's that phrase again, say my yeah. name. Um. Oh, you start to see that Hank, at least, probably Gomez as well, um, really are, really do hold Jesse in contempt, because Hank goes out, talks to Gomez, did you believe him? Yeah, I believe him, but he's right, there's no physical proof, um, and he's right too, There's it, it's just the word of one nut job meth head, versus Mr. Rogers who has a lung tumor, yeah, Hank is the one who said that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they're talking about Hank shares the message from Walt about meet me at the plaza, at whatever time that was or whatever day. Um, so they, they're going to send in Jesse to do that. You don't have a choice they're, you know, you're, you're going in. Sorry, my notes are screwed up now. Yeah. Let me back up a sec because Walt left on his message. Yeah. I wrote this line down. I thought this was interesting. Either way, I'm in your hands. That was something Walt said in his message to Jesse. So that was still interesting.
0: Because Walt said he was going to be there alone and unarmed. So if Jesse wanted to kill him, fine.
1: Yeah. 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 So this is where, what what you brought up um, earlier, Scott, I think, about uh, Hank pointing out to Jesse how Walt really does care about him. That Walt has been manipulating Jesse to stick around um, and Jesse, of course, isn't believing it. And now is when Jesse is schooling them on the realities of Walt. Now, I believe that Hank is right about Walt concerning Jesse. But Jesse knows Walt, re- Mr. White really well. So he tells Hank Gomez, you two guys are just guys. Mr. White, he's the devil. Reflecting back to the first se- episode of this half season when we heard Marie say that. Right. He's smarter than you. He's luckier than you. Whatever you think is supposed to happen, I'm telling you the exact reverse opposite of that is going to happen. And who doesn't think that that is actually Vince Gilligan using Jesse to tell us that
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and, about
1: the series? <laughs> yeah. And
0: didn't you put that in your blog, Scott?
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <there's> <laughs>
1: Yeah, that that's from Vince himself, I believe. Um, now I was wondering when Jesse got up to go to the bathroom if he was just going to leave, but you know he is he has too much honor now to do that. So he didn't. he's stuck around. Um, and Gomez asks Hank, "Well, Jesse's in the bathroom. You know, what if the kid is right?" Um, and Hank again I, I didn't write down said you know something really disparaging that kid you mean that again something like nut job method Mur- whatever like, like,
2: the, like the murdering junkie I think is oh yeah murderer. Like
1: yes yes. Uh, he said if Pinkman gets killed we get it all on tape
0: yeah I mean they've, they've got Jesse's confession and yeah. so they get that
1: yeah it's all <sighs> he cares about at this point yeah
0: he just wants to get Walt. Well,
2: what's was, what was interesting was, you know, a lot of people seem to be forming their teams of, you know, I'm on Team Hank or Team Jesse or Team this, that, or the other thing. And my reaction after the close of that act was, I wonder if all the people who are on Team Hank before this episode are still on Team Hank right now. Or is yeah. it going to be like, well, we're on Team Jesse, and since there's sort of a line, we're on his team by proxy, but not quite. Because, yeah, he's still, like you were saying about Gomez regards him like a bug, so does Hank. I mean,
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah. Hank, Hank says nothing nice about him. mean, basically speaks, he does speak disparagingly a little, but he doesn't care if he gets killed. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, he'll get his man as a result of that. I I also thought there was kind of something eerie about when he's handed that coffee cup, and I know it says DEA on it, but when you first look at it, it's hard not to think For it's almost a subliminal dead when when Jesse's holding it. And I keep thinking, oh, I got a really bad bad feeling about it. Uh. Well,
3: being on Team Hank would be the same thing as being on Team Law Enforcement, and Team Law Enforcement does have that cold, clinical, yeah, they'll be your buddy, but they're just trying to get a confession out of you. Um,
2: manipulative is, side. That is true, but they would not, a, a normal thinking law enforcement officer wouldn't say they don't care if their informant or their, their, their stooge or their pigeon gets killed as well. That's when they're going too far. That's when they've gone over a line. So that's when they've me- broken bad? Yeah.
0: <laughs> there, yeah. Oh, you,
2: you, beat me. to it.
1: So does this mean Hank has broken bad? This is, is that enough for we're, him?
2: We're getting there. Mm-hmm. His attitude certainly is. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, that's it for Act 3. Right. Mine
2: was him saying, Mr. White's gay for me. Come on. <laughs>
1: oh, <laughs> that was great. I could just yes.
2: that. You mean when he's not ripping me off or calling me an idiot or poisoning people that I care about? Oh, yeah. Mr. White's gave for me. Everybody knows that.
1: That How was How they can hilarious. pop
2: a line that funny in a scene like that is, ah, uh, just floors me every time.
0: Yeah. I, I had good.
1: to pause there, and I asked Susan, did he just say that? Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's why I watch with captions.
1: <laughs>
0: <sighs> so this
3: picks up in the park where all this is supposed to go down. And uh, Jesse is being wired up in the van by uh, Hank, who's testing the connection with Gomez in a remote location. Um, and they uh, send him off to, to do the man's job. Jesse approaches Mr. White on the bench, but is hesitant the entire time. He, he's, he, he's looking around. He's very amped up. And he spots what seems to be a a misplaced skinhead who's scoping out the the situation, um, which stops him cold. And at that point, he decides he's not going to play the game as he's been scripted to. He's going to change the script. Um, He walks away from the scene, much to Hank and Gomez's concern, and makes a phone call. Calling up Mr. White. Um, in this conversation, he he tells him, "Nice try, asshole," <laughs> and uh, tells him that he's going to hurt him the um, hurt him in a way that uh, that hurts the most, implying that he's going to uh, harm his family in some way.
0: Yeah, that's what I was thinking too.
3: So. Jesse has put a big target on his head, and he walks off. Uh, Hank and Gomez uh, intercept, and uh, Hank wants to know what the hell he was thinking. And um, this is when uh, Jesse says that there's another way to get him, a better way. And this is where we switch to a phone conversation that um mr white makes to todd and he's now looking to make use of his uncle's services the same uncle who had 10 men killed in the span of two minutes in different jails
0: he can get things done
3: (laughs) yep so that foreshadowing that we saw of Doom heading into town with the blue meth in a trailer all that's back in the game and who's to say you know what the price is going to be to have this hit done might not be money might
0: be expertise so they need someone to cook who can get those high percentages of uh of purity Uh
2: we may be seeing that hazmat suit again absolutely but that's where this
3: episode kind of leaves us. A bittersweet taste where alliances have crumbled that we've uh, enjoyed the entire run of the series. And oh, I, I forgot to mention that skinhead, it turns out he it was just some bald guy waiting for his daughter. Yeah. And he had absolutely nothing to do with uh, the people that Jesse was worried about. So, almost as comically as the beginning, with Hank missing, uh, with Walt missing Hank by, by seconds, uh, here we have Jesse um, misinterpreting the scene. But the funny thing about this, in my mind, was that if he had interpreted the scene properly, then he would have portrayed Walt by being wired and talking about the scenario. So all this did was shift it to a different set of circumstances, but the, <laughs> they're still at odds. Which was mm-hmm. kind of the like there was no good resolution to be had. Like if that mistake hadn't been made by Je- uh, by Jesse, we still would have had tragedy or upset or you know, yeah. Hank would have won his way, and that wouldn't have
2: been satisfying. You also wouldn't have had a storyline that could continue for another four episodes, so (laughs) there's that. Yeah. I'm
3: I'm talking about how I felt (laughs) watching these episodes, Scott, not how (laughs) this logically needs to play out in order for us to have four episodes to go.
2: I'm actually going to say something. So, I wasn't thrilled with how they did that because it was one of the few times i kind of knew what was going on from the get-go like i knew that guy wasn't a guy that Walt hired. it was just it seemed obvious to me so as the scene was playing out the tension was kind of lost on me and i was like really he's gonna think that's a guy that walt hired in the middle of this park what really so it, it it did bother me a little bit you know i I, I love the episode otherwise, but that one little bit, I, I didn't, I just, it's not that I didn't believe it, it works, but I'm so used to not seeing things coming with this show, that one, I kind of, oh yeah, I, I see where this is going.
1: I didn't like that either, because to me, it it hinted of, yeah, the, the similar comedy of errors, if you will, from the beginning, right. and I don't like that that type of thing, people missing each other by a split second or, you know, a, a misunderstanding that's that huge. And I, I definitely agree that um, it also wouldn't have been satisfying if Jesse had sat down and got this inadvertent confession from Walt that then Hank could go use. But um, yeah, it, it, to me, I, I didn't like that either. It didn't make a whole lot of sense. Now the way they set it up. Yes. I saw that Jesse was wigging out when he was walking over there. He really, literally was afraid for his life. So yeah. I'm glad that they showed that by him being so flinchy with the uh, people walking by. I'm almost bumping into him. Wasn't there a skateboarder who or a biker uh, who darted by too? So that did help explain his error there. Yeah, uh, yeah, I
2: don't, I don't question Jesse making the mistake. Uh, and I, I'm not even questioning the logic of it. I'm fine. It, it it works fine for the scene and works fine for the character. I mean, that's like the longest short walk I've ever seen. Because that took. He doesn't get very far, and it takes. It seems to take forever. But his state of mind. Yeah, it works perfectly. And maybe if he wasn't in such a scared, frightened state of mind, he might not have made that. He might not have mistaken that guy. I don't know. Maybe he would have. Maybe he wouldn't have. I don't know. My problem is just me. I don't usually figure things out before they happen, and I kind of this is the one time I'm like, oh, he's gonna think that's the guy, and it's gonna turn out he's not a guy because why would I don't think Walt would do that anyway. Yeah. So that it kind of bothered me a little bit, and I was also I and I have to confess I did yell at the TV a little bit. It's like <laughs> you're wearing a wire. Just say there's a guy here. Yeah. Say I think he's got a goon with him, but I know he's acting on impulse, which is what Jesse does, hence the gas can and everything else, and he's gonna like Chris said change the script so he's not going to do that he's going to go call him and and threaten him that he's got you know he's going to get him right where he lives so to speak All right. well
0: uh kelly i think we had some facebook comments
1: yeah so um dan wrote i enjoyed the episode it wasn't crazy and shocking but the non-linear storytelling and the extremely tense scenes at the beginning and the end were excellent Michelle wrote, I really liked tonight's episode. Now that I'm paying closer attention, I'm noticing more of the cinematography and nuances in the episode, and I'm appreciating all of the fine details that go into this show. It truly is a work of art. And she um, also continued, oh, and I have to say that it is such a treat and a thrill that Saul Goodman has been in every single episode (laughs) so far. I agree. (laughs) Maybe he's been in several episodes in a row before, but he seems such a part of the plot And I love that he's really expanding beyond just the one-liners, which are great, and exercising his acting chops. Heidi wrote, both Skylar and Marie are getting their psycho hats on, both wanting to kill people all of a sudden. And that that actually is a a really good point we touched on tonight, but um, it... uh, Comment on it more definitively. Yeah, that everyone really is breaking bad now, at least in their attitudes. That Marie is is googling how to poison someone, and Skyler was very clear about killing Jesse is the only option here. And so, okay. isn't it whew. kind of
2: isn't it also interesting that over the course of this one episode, Saul suggests that they kill Jesse. Mm-hmm. Kyler pretty much says they should kill Jesse, and Hank says, "Oh, I don't really care if Jesse dies because then we'll get Walt as a result of that." Yeah, yeah. And the one guy who actually cares about him is the guy he's turning on, and he's yep. he hates now. And yep. now, by and by the end of the episode, now Walt wants to kill Jesse. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out how Jesse survives this season, since pretty much everyone either <laughs> wants him dead or doesn't it's care okay if he dies. You yeah. Know. Junior
3: doesn't want him dead.
1: Yet.
0: Junior
3: That's hasn't right. met him yet.
1: Right. <laughs>
0: you know? Maybe when they When they meet, if they meet. So to uh, there, there was an article that was an it was an interview with. Um, with Sam Catlin, the writer director, and it was at thehollywoodreporter.com. Um, and he, he talks more about that. So that's your assignment, should you choose to accept it. <laughs> about, uh, you know, Walt's the only one who doesn't want to solve this problem with murder until the very end. So,
2: <laughs> yay, homework.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's what I do. I give you guys homework every week. So, Scott. What's next on Breaking Lost?
2: Oh god, we're still doing this. <laughs> All right. Well, this is a part everyone can skip and take their own pee break. Um, on I the can't next, skip it.
0: It's wonderful.
2: <laughs> oh, oh god. All right. Well, on the next fake episode of Breaking Lost, which is called Adrift, it's a totally unnecessary and unwanted fantasy-like episode in which the old RV is now a yacht. They're actually manufacturing crystal light instead of crystal meth, as Walt is trying to corner the diet-powdered beverage market. But it's not just a dream. It's a musical dream. With puppets. Awesome. I hate hate you, Susan. Anyway.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Hey, I hear it every week.
2: (laughs) Yeah, get in line. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> I, that'll be the next ringtone
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go perfect so <laughs> everybody thanks for listening give us a five star rating and a review on iTunes uh, send us your comments join us in the Facebook group and geek on